Welcome to the Ross Weekly, where we present you the latest happenings and upcomings in the Ross community. I am one of your hosts, Taylor Clark, and with me I have Eduardo Raymond and Preston Hill. Today, we are excited to bring you the authentic conversation about the NBA waitlist experience. All three of us spent some time on the waitlist before being accepted into Ross, and we hope that sharing our experience can help you answer some of your questions for those listeners that are currently on the Ross waitlist. Before we get started, though, we'll do a quick check on some of the recent and upcoming events happening on campus. Thank you, Taylor. So for this week, Monday, we have map projects being revealed at 5.30 p.m. Uh, in the Winter Garden for all the NBA ones. You all know this. Um, and also at 8.15 at the Yoast Ice Arena, the Ross Ice Hockey team is, is playing the law school. And tickets are free. Should be a great time. On Tuesday, Out for Business is hosting an event on drag culture and the LGBTQ plus history as a lead up to MB Gay and Diversity Week. The event will be from 6 to 7 p.m. in Robertson Auditorium. On Wednesday, the 26th, the Indian Subcontinent Business Association will be hosting food, friends and culture to celebrate India's Republic Day. The event will be from 5 to 6 p.m. in Balao Colloquium. On Thursday and Friday, if you've signed up, Sanger Leadership Center is hosting one of its flagship events, the Leadership Crisis Challenge. Enrolled applicants will be immersed in a simulated business and media crisis where they'll play the part of senior executives tasked with responding to a crisis as it unfolds. And next weekend, Winter Wonderland in Traverse City, uh, hosted by the Ski and Snowboard Club, Wolverine Wine Club, and Mason Brew is going on. Taylor, back to you. Awesome. Thank you for sharing this, Eduardo. A lot going on this week as we uh, get through. Uh, I think this is week three of, of Winter A, so excited to uh, go to all the different events and see what's happening. And good luck to all of our NBA ones who are starting to think about MAP and, and get that going. Uh, but before we jump into our conversation, we wanted to kind of provide a few disclaimers for our listeners, especially those who may be on the Ross waitlist as we speak. Um, while we certainly hope that everyone on the waitlist is able to receive an admissions offer, offer we just want to just be very uh, upfront that we can't guarantee anything. Uh, we are obviously happy to talk about our experience, but every applicant is different and everything that may have worked for us may not work for you uh, and vice versa. And so we don't work for admissions. We don't have any say in the prospective candidate status on the waitlist. And so we recommend, you know, at the very beginning to look at your application and, and review it critically to see where there may be some gaps that you can focus on. And we'll certainly highlight some of ours today um, and how we went about doing that. And I think before we before we jump into our own stories, it's really important to share that I know being on the waitlist could be a very uh, uh, rejecting and isolating feel because you're essentially told we like you, but not that much. But it really is a good thing because being on the waitlist is, is, is better than being outright rejected, one. But two, it's also important to say that at least specifically at Ross, Ross likes you. Ross wants you to be a student here. And maybe there's one outstanding or two outstanding questions that you can help answer, but it's a good sign. It's good progress. And hopefully um, as we'll share today, uh, the experience will be a, a very long wait um, for those that are on the wait list today. But with that said, uh, Preston, let's get started with you to give you a chance to kind of jump in here. You know, what would, would love to have you share kind of your waitlist experience, uh, Dave, what, what have, may have been holding you up 
uh, in terms of kind of getting that final offer and, and just how did you navigate the process and really anything that you want to share uh, to our listeners who, uh, as we said, maybe on the, the wait list, uh, looking for some insight from, from current MBA students. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so for me, for I guess a little bit of context, I applied to Ross in round one uh, and was waitlisted in, uh, I guess, as the end of, or I guess, early December of 2020. And uh, for me, I would say going into the application process, I think I kind of knew what the weakness or, or potential kind of um, challenge of my application would be. And that was my GMAT score. Um, I knew that it was definitely on the lower end of kind of the Ross um, kind of medium, you know, I guess median 80% range. Uh, and I knew in particular my quant score uh, was not great. And so, you know, I think for me, when I found out that I was waitlisted, obviously very disappointing. Uh, and I think it was tough just because of all the hard work that had gone into it and, and did feel pretty good about my chances um, otherwise. Um, but for me, given the fact that I already kind of an inkling it was probably the GMAT score, um, for me, I think the biggest thing that I did do just to kind of reaffirm that was I did go back through my essays, read through them um, in terms of my career goals, as well as some of the other kind of shorter essays on the application and just try to take once again, that kind of critical lens to the essays to see like, you know, do these make sense? Uh, are these really, um, you know, kind of reflective of who I am and what I was really trying to portray to the admissions committee? And I think when I did that uh, and was just kind of able to start piecing things together, I think I understood while, you know, maybe there were some other things that might have been holding me back. It seemed like the GMAT was the one that uh, felt like the biggest weakness, but also the one that I had the most control over in terms of actually trying to change it. So um, I ended up retaking the GMAT uh, at the end of February of 2021, was able to submit that score pretty much, you know, immediately to Ross and then was ultimately admitted uh, with the round three admits in early May, uh, and then put on a deposit about a week later, um, and then was heading to Ann Arbor uh, in early August of this, I guess, this past year. Um, no, congrats, Preston. That's that's um, great. And yeah, I, I, I had a similar experience as well. So I actually applied uh, round two, and I'm also an MBA one. Um, and so for me, I think I was in, you know, I felt like I was in a decent position with regards to my, my test score. And um, I did feel, however, that there were a couple of updates that I could share uh, from, from things that were going on at, at work. So a lot of people might think that, you know, if you don't receive a promotion, um, you don't have anything to share from work. And I don't think that that's necessarily true, especially because, you know, in the time frame from when you apply to when you're waitlisted, it's, it's very rare that, you know, you're going to be promoted in those two, however many months. Um, and but in my case, so, for example, I'm sure everyone uh, or most people listening will be familiar with with the semiconductor shortage or the chip shortage that's going on in the market. And that had just started to happen. And um, it was a project that I was very heavily involved with that at work. So I felt that that was something that I could share of in terms of work and in terms of some of the results that that um, I think I had started to, to be able to, to uh, gain from, from that experience. And I think in terms of other things. So I, I also tried engaging a lot more with, with the Ross community. I had done that, I think, pretty decently, but I'd done it mostly with, you know, alumni and hadn't talked as much to current students. And that was something that I tried to do a little bit more and uh, just try to share 
you know, those updates with with admissions as well, right? So uh, spoke to Preston and Taylor, and, and they told me about, you know, XYZ. And, and this, you know, would be super cool, didn't know about it. And it really ties into to my personal objectives. I think that's, that's something that that admissions really values as well, um, showing genuine interest in, in the program, because it's easy to, you know, just submit an, an update and tell them that, you know, you've been admitted to another school. But I think, you know, they, they, it's, it's easy to tell when your interest in is, is genuine. And that comes across pretty easily when, you know, you've had these conversations and you're sharing, you know, insights that go beyond what's available, uh, you know, in surface level detail online. And yeah. Um, also worth noting, just side comments that there are a couple of things that, that I think are not the best uh, in terms of, of doing it on the wait list. So I'd be cautious with over communicating with, with Adcom uh, or, you know, uh, God forbid, sending gifts. That's something that, that I have heard um, happen in the past. And uh, they are much more interested, believe me, uh, in, in hearing about things that might have changed in your candidacy rather than receiving whatever type of gift it may be. So please don't do that. Uh, and in over communicating as well, I think there is a, a frequency that might differ a little bit from being placed on the wait list uh, in round one to being placed on the wait list in round two, because there is a, a shorter turnaround time uh, from uh, round one applications to round two applications uh, and deadlines and round two to round three. So I think that that's something to keep in mind as well. But generally, I think a decent timeline is something around like sharing an update every three or so weeks. I think that that is, is um, a decent timeline. It can change, like I said, but, but yeah, Taylor, what about you? Any, any thoughts? Yeah, thank you. So I think maybe this would be a good, uh, a good opportunity just to pause for a second since both of you are, are MBA ones and your process and your, your weightless experience was obviously well through COVID where, uh, when I, as MBA2, started my application process, it was actually uh, in the fall of 19. So pre-COVID, and, and I was actually able to come for my interview on campus, et cetera. So I would love to maybe just take a second to kind of touch on a few of the common things and figures. And I think as all of us have had a chance to talk to prospective students this week and have asked a couple of questions, um, I think there's some stuff, there's some good stuff here. So I think, you know, maybe to start, um, you know, Preston, so you're, uh, well, I guess the question to both of you first would be, given that visits were not allowed, and I believe as of the time of this recording, uh, visits are still not allowed on campus, would love to hear kind of how did you guys, how did you two engage the Ross community? Eduardo, you mentioned kind of after you got waitlisted talking a little bit more, but a lot of times Ross, and I think all of the schools will say, come to campus and visit. That's how you can show interest, and that's harder to do today. Uh, so curious how you two navigated that process as you were applying to school, because uh, that may be most relevant to some of our uh, prospective candidates at the moment. Yeah, that's that's a great question. And so I, um, 
funnily enough, was able to visit Michigan before the pandemic uh, in November of 2019. And I met uh, with a couple of people when when I was over here. I'm I'm Brazilian and I got uh, a chance to, Diana connected me, Diana Economy uh, from admissions connected me with, with a couple of people, with a couple of Brazilians. And I had a chance to talk to them when, when I was over here. And I also, while you're applying, you're obviously, you know, you should be participating in in events that that admissions uh, hosts and and these might be webinars they might be you know events in in smaller groups so if you're from you know uh, a foreign country there's generally an, an event that admissions hosts with with students from from your countries and it might also be you know if you're someone that's coming from uh, the armed forces for example there, there's also events with with people that, that were also in, in the army, the Navy. And I think those were, were valuable contacts for me. So for example, I reached out to one of the Brazilians that I'd talked to when I had uh, visited and um, you know had a great conversation with him. I had also talked to him multiple times while I was applying, super helpful um, person. And, and um, yeah, he also connected me with, with more people and then it, it went from there, right? But I think it was, was genuine and uh, I think that that's something that's important as well, not doing it with the intent of like, hey, I'm trying to talk to as many people as possible because I've heard that that is, you know, um, really important. I think um, that's something that, that you know, people are generally also able to tell, like I said, if if your interest is, is genuine or not. So what I tried to do was, you know, just just talk to um, people and and just keep the conversation going. And I I I. I genuinely felt like I learned a lot more than than applicants that might not have been waitlisted through the waitlist process. I I think I, I arrived on campus uh, pretty well prepared and, and knowing a lot more than than I would definitely at least for me um, have known had I not been 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 waitlisted right. Preston, what about you? Yeah, so I'll fully admit that I think showing kind of continued interest and continuing to engage with the Ross community was probably something that I didn't do as great of a job at. And I think, you know, a piece of that was I was, you know, for really all of January and February, really kind of heads down on the GMAT and kind of felt like that was the best way for me to really be like investing and in trying to get into Ross was trying to improve my test score. Um, so definitely did not do a great job, I think, outside of that, of like uh, engaging with the community. But I, I do think that my piece of advice there would be, uh, I think a few things. I think one, obviously continuing to keep an eye on like the admissions um, kind of website and seeing what events are upcoming that might be around a certain topic or affinity group, or whatever it may be that you think would be interesting because um, those, those events are kind of going on throughout the year. Although I will say that, you know, I think as the spring goes on, they do start to lighten up a little bit as most of the applications are in. So I think there's something to be aware of. Um, but also too, I think student ambassadors are uh, a great resource as well. And of course there's a student ambassadors page at Ross. And I think you can really um, slice and dice that a few different ways based on career interests, maybe based on um, geography in terms of where people were living before coming to Ross, um, whatever it may be. So I would definitely leverage that resource. I think they're a great way to learn about their experience at Ross and, and things of that nature. Um, I do think the one thing kind of along the lines of what Eduardo was saying around things maybe to watch out for is if you are going to reach out to ambassadors, I would really encourage you to be specific with them as to what you want to talk about and make sure that you have questions prepared and that you really are kind of guiding and driving that conversation because really it is for your benefit. And ultimately, um, we just encourage you going into it, knowing what you want to get out of the conversation, because um, that's only going to help the, the student kind of speak to what you're trying to learn. And 
I think I'd also extend that to any kind of waitlist updates and, and things of that nature. So Eduardo, I think you did a great job of, of kind of talking through those updates earlier, but would definitely recommend, you know, when you're talking about showing interest in the Ross community, don't just mention, hey, I talked to these five people. I would really encourage you to think through what are the things that you learned about Ross? Maybe you didn't know and talking to this person or that person, um, because I think that's really kind of how you show that genuine interest that you really are um, kind of intentionally engaging um, with the community. Um, but Taylor, also, we'll, we'll pass it back to you. I don't know if you want to add anything onto this topic or, or kind of move on, but um, oh, those would be my thoughts. Yeah, yeah, that was stellar for both of you. I think what's both of your stories also and kind of even in some of your answers here really loops in i think two kind of critical themes of one there's things you can control and there's things you can't control you can control your gmat score you can't control your work experience so do with what you can control with so to speak and act on that i think the second thing to that also is the key of the, like you know admissions will probably don't will ever admit this like pull out but like they care about you they care about conversion rate right they, if, if you're going to come off the wait list whether well, especially potentially you know dozens or hundreds of students oh, not hundreds but dozens of students also on the wait list they want to make sure you're coming to loss right so showing that interest and being actually legitimate uh interest and genuine and actually saying that like if i get an accept i'm, I'm coming to ross that's important because they want to make sure that they're accepting people off the wait list that want to actually come and and what I love about this, and I'll, I'll jump into my story here shortly, but it just shows that like even three students that are all at Ross having a great experience have had such a different experience as they get here. And I think that only compounds once you bring the entire class together and you see people from all walks of life coming together. And you know, some of us are on the wait list and some of us aren't, but I think the important thing is kind of like uh like you know, sports with players that are drafted and players that aren't drafted. Once you're on the team or once you're here at school, everyone's here, like everyone's a student, everyone's equal. There's not really necessary. I wear it as a, a, a badge of honor, to be honest, but I think I worked a little harder to get into Ross and some others, but uh, there's no sort of unequal balance once you get here for those that are on the wait list and those that got in on their own. Round one, round two, round three, it's all, nobody cares, to be honest. We're all here, and that's all that matters. Um, and I think there's some actually some similarities, uh, to be honest, between uh, your guys' stories and mine. So I, uh, similar Preston, had a pretty god-awful GMAT score, especially on the court side. Um, I have a finance background. I was in corporate finance for five years prior to coming to Ross. So I uh, talk about doing quantitative analysis in my job every single day, uh, doing really comp complex and hard uh, valuation, which is actually a class here at Ross you can take, and then seeing that I'm in like the 30th percentile for the GMAT core score. To be like, what is wrong with me? Like, I'm an idiot. And so that was probably my biggest one. Uh, I feel kind of similar to Preston. I, the first time I visited Ross was uh, actually when I came for my interview day. Um, and to be quite honest, I, I, don't, I don't share this issue very vocally, but I actually grew up a huge Ohio State fan. I'm from the state of Ohio. And when I like applied round one a couple of places, didn't really get in, was looking at round two. And I was like, I'm not flying to Michigan. I can't do that. Like that is against everything I stand for. And my wife, thankfully, was like, you're an idiot. It's a good school. You should at least go look at it. And I swear, within the first five minutes of our interview day, I was hooked. I was like, I'm an idiot if I don't go here. This is an amazing school. These people are awesome. I'm so glad I came. Ross is immediately been number one. So uh, it shows the importance of visiting in whatever capacity you can. But two, also, I probably didn't bring as much genuine interest to the school as I probably should have. But now, like, I threw away all my Ohio State stuff. I have all Michigan gear. 
my sister is still upset with me about it. Uh, but we, you know, we move on. This, this, uh, the football game this year was very sweet to uh, brag to my Ohio family about. But that's not what this podcast is about. So we'll, we'll get get back on topic. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think those are some of the key things too. And so what? Did I, so I guess the sorry, I skipped this part. But um, I had taken the GMAT I think three or four times. I actually switched and took the GRE twice. And so at that point. I, I was I was just exhausted. Like I'm not a good test taker anyway. I hate standardized testing. And so for me, what was really critical was trying just to lean on my experiences and showcasing that I was thankful to have gotten the promotion, which was helpful. Uh, it's not the end all be all, but there's opportunities even in your current role that you're in right now to take initiative and to try to um, try to take on a new project or something, try to take a step before you leave to go to school. And you can use that as an update. As Eduardo said, it doesn't have to be a promotion, but it just has to be something from that perspective. So um, all over the place there, but that's a little bit about my experience and obviously some, some ties in with you. Um, but I, I think maybe one question I want to kind of bring back to you guys is, so one of the Q&As that I received uh, before recording this episode was, uh, did you get any financial aid uh, after being accepted off the wait list? Uh, so curious to hear kind of how your process goes. I can go last again, uh, but I think that's probably a huge question mark for maybe some prospective students on the wait list right now. So curious to hear what kind of your guys' experience. Yeah, so um, I did not get any financial aid coming off the wait list. And I think that is uh, pretty much the norm uh, as far as I know and as far as I've been told. Um, but I think for me in, in kind of thinking through the opportunity, it felt like uh, even with no financial aid, Ross would still pay off in the long term um, just from a career standpoint, the alumni network and, and things of that nature. So definitely was a consideration, particularly um, I personally did have kind of other offers and, and some financial aid on the table at other uh, programs, but decided Ross really was the best fit for me and really would be the best for my career. And so for me, that felt like a, a trade-off I was willing to make, but you know, definitely recognize it's going to be different uh, for, for everyone and really kind of what that looks like. But that at least for me was um, my kind of point of view and my perspective, but Eduardo, what about you? No, same same exact case, um, word for word, pretty much. So uh, also had an offer from from a competing school, and did have some some money uh, over there, but you know I I really wanted to come to Ross, and I wasn't even waitlisted at this other school, and I I don't know I I kept. I think trying to, to come to Ross because I knew that that was really where where my my passions lied, even if it meant um, you know not having a little bit of that money, which which would have been you know helpful. But um, yeah, Taylor, uh, what about you? I wish I could say that we wouldn't be going over three on this, but I remember the phone call for, uh, before I got the offer that was kind of like, hey, FYI, like there's really not a lot of financial aid left now. I think a good point, sir, uh, at least for me, I didn't say this earlier, but I was also in round two. So I was waitlisted around two, spent, I think, about a month and a half, maybe. I think I heard sometime in April um, when I uh, when I received the offer. So I think I would say there, I mean, you know, if you're hoping for aid, unfortunately for the three of us, we can't really provide you a lot of confidence there. But what I would say is obviously, you know, you know, I think Ross does provide um, a, good, a great opportunity for you to have an amazing education that will pay off, you know, over time. But also, I, I think, you know, I haven't uh, necessarily taken advantage of it personally, but I know that every week when the program office sends out their different weekly emails, there's some sort of scholarship information available. So I think if you're willing to put in the work and ask for every penny to get to help fund your, your education, uh, it is definitely possible to do. So 
don't let that uh, don't let our our message lose hope, so to speak. That that's not going to be there may not be a lot of money on the table for you in terms of um, uh, you know financial aid at that point. But there's plenty of opportunities to get involved. Uh, you know, there's graduate assistant programs as well that you know can help pay tuition, things like that. So there's there's a lot of opportunities to help fund your MBA outside of just the financial aid you receive from the from the school right away. So just keep that in mind. I know it's money is a very stressful stressful conversation. Um, it's a huge bet you're taking on yourself. I think I, would, I hope that both. Well, you both are I guess halfway through. I could say as a uh, almost outgoing MBA too. It's worth every penny for me. But um, we'll we'll kind of go from there. So. You know, before we, we wrap with some kind of final uh, advice from the AdCon team and uh, some final aspects, guys, anything else that we want to add or any last minute thoughts that we, we forgot about? I really just, uh, first off, it's, it's, it's crazy how, you know, uh, the months and the years fly by and the days are, you know, so slow. And when you're you know, on the wait list, it can be very, um, you know, anxious time. And I think my, my just general message is uh, to not give up. Uh, being on the wait list is, is not a, you know, like Taylor said, um, a, an end of the road. I think it's, it's very important to, you know, um, if, if Ross or if any other school really is, is your top choice, um, you know, this is, this is another chance to show them that, you know, you're motivated and that, you know, where you want to be and, and yeah, really, I think chase after, uh, your, your objective. Um, I, yeah, really it's, it's, it's a pleasure to, to be here today. Um, you know, talking to you guys about this, uh, one year ago, if you had told me that I would be on, um, you know, the, the podcast, which I had listened to when I was applying, uh, religiously, you know, talking about my experience on the wait list, I would have laughed. Um, so, so it's just, um, yeah, I think things can, can change super quickly. Uh, don't, don't give up and um, chase after your, your, your dreams. Um, Preston, anything, any closing remarks? Uh, no, man, I think that's great. I mean, I think I'd reiterate just to your point that it can feel a little isolating and I think it can feel like the, that it's taking a long time, but um, I think the biggest thing is obviously the three of us are, are living proof that people do get off the wait list and come to Ross and, and do very well. And um, there's a lot more of us out there than I think I ever thought. So uh, there absolutely is a chance uh, you wouldn't be on the wait list if you didn't have a, didn't have a shot. And uh, I just encourage you to kind of keep, keep plugging away. Um, awesome. Well, I think kind of transitioning out of that segment, I can also share um, a few tips that we got from the, admissions committee. Uh, and I think a lot of these we've hit on, so I'll, I'll kind of hit on some of these a little bit more uh, briefly than others. But I think kind of the big topics that are kind of the big themes that have come out of this, I think the first is um, communication, which I know we talked a lot about. Uh, and I think within that, uh, definitely make sure you are showing interest. Um, you know, I think as we mentioned, this is a big differentiator. It can be a big differentiator um, because ultimately the admissions committee wants to let in people that they are confident do really want to come to Ross and, and will ultimately accept that invitation off of the wait list. Um, obviously, continue to share those updates as you can. I think at least for us, there were kind of formalized waitlist update forms that were sent out every couple of months. Um, so definitely take advantage of those to share any relevant information on job changes or promotions 
updated test scores, um, kind of other things you've learned about Ross or just kind of reiterating why you're really interested in Ross, um, as well as maybe any kind of other upcoming decisions date, it, decision dates you might have um, for other schools. Um, I think in that over-communication or, or kind of in that communication vibe, uh, what I meant to say is I do think one thing to watch out for is make sure you're not over-communicating. Uh, and I think that it can be hard to kind of throw the needle and understand what the right um, kind of methodology. I, I know that Eduardo mentioned kind of that three to four week mark uh, in communication. That's, that's probably the, the right way to think about it. Um, but ultimately, I think just make sure that if you are kind of reaching out or communicating, make sure you have something substantive um, to share with the admissions committee and aren't just reaching out for um, the sake of reaching out. Um, I think the other thing to think through is just from a logistic standpoint, I think one thing that we would definitely recommend is paying attention to the Ross calendar. Um, you know, as we mentioned, the upcoming Ross decision dates are, are really the most common times for decision notifications. Um, that might vary a little bit with waitlist candidates, but I think it's at least a really good kind of benchmark or kind of good guidepost to think through where the admissions committee is going through and really kind of what stage of the overall admissions process they're in kind of at, at a given um, time. And I think the last thing kind of around timing and just logistics and things like that, I think is also, you know, to make sure you're not forgetting um, about logistics and making sure you're thinking through if one, if, if you do get a waitlist offer, um, generally speaking, you might only have a few days um, to make a decision, um, but also too, you might have kind of a, an abbreviated timeline to orchestrate a move from wherever you are today up to Ann Arbor in order to be here for orientation and the first day of class. Um, so be thinking about that. Would definitely recommend maybe looking up the Ross academic calendar just to get a decent proxy of, you know, when orientation might be, when classes might start. So you can at least start to get a sense of um, what that might look like, particularly if you're starting to, to plan out some things for the summer. Um, so those are, I think, kind of the big things the admissions committee shared with us. Um, Eduardo or Taylor, is there anything you guys wanted to add there? I think we're good. Okay, so we want to thank everyone for, for listening. This has been another edition of the Ross Weekly, a showcase of the latest happenings and upcomings brought to you by Business Beyond Usual. Today's episode was produced by Taylor Clark, Preston Hill, and myself, Eduardo Raymond. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Christina Weiberg, and Eric Hoffenbeck. Thank you all for listening. Until next time, go blue, and this has been Business Beyond Usual.